sunshines, welcome to What You're Reading, a bookish podcast where every other week I share what I've been reading, interview authors, and further my never-ending quest to discover more queer own voices in the media. I'm Mallory, also known as Mallory of Sunshine around the interwebs, and today we're going to dive into my LGBTQIA plus most anticipated reads for 2020. Can you believe that we are here again recording this episode of the podcast with only one episode in between last year and this year? I can because last year was a freaking doozy, y'all. But here we are again recording my 2020 queer most anticipated reads. And I'm so excited to bring these to you. This is one of my favorite pieces of content for the year. I have put this list out as a podcast one time last year. I did videos the two years before that. I did an accompanying blog post all three times. And Gosh, it's one of the pieces of content that I've created in the past few years that has just been so welcomed and so anticipated. In fact, the reason this episode is coming to you right now as the next episode is because I put up a poll on my Instagram stories asking which podcast episode y'all wanted to be the next one, my most anticipated queer reads or my bookish goals for 2020. And I was actually blown away by the fact that this episode, my queer most anticipated for 2020 is the episode that won by like 11% or something like that. So 57% of you, I want to say is the number. Yeah, 57% or 31 of you voted for this video versus the 25 for my bookish goals as the next episode. So here we are. We're going to record it. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. There are a lot of books on this list. I'm going to be completely straight with you. I'm going to be straight with you in my episode about queer reads. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. There's a lot of books on this list. When I was putting together and starting to do the research for this episode, there were so many books coming out next year with queer protagonists or queer themes in some way. Also, pro tip for next year, do the research before the 1st of January because Goodreads is gonna crash on January 1st. There were so many people on Goodreads, I could barely chug through adding a book to a shelf. I kept getting error codes. I kept getting like Goodreads is over capacity notices, things like that. So as I completely forgot, reading more is a goal that a lot of people put on their New Year's resolutions lists. So Yeah, I guess that would explain it, but it was very busy that day and I kind of barely got this list made. But on Goodreads, I have like 60 something queer books on a shelf to read next year. These are just the ones that are my most anticipated and there are 23 of them. It was really hard to narrow it down, but I have sort of an array. I have some adult fiction. I have some middle grade. I have essays. I have young adult, a lot of young adult, of course. And then I also have authors that I've never heard of before. I have authors that are bringing out maybe a new book in a series that I love. 
love. I have authors that I haven't heard anything from in a while. So I think this is going to be a really great reading year. But because I know that this episode is going to be astronomically long because there's 23 books to talk about, I want to just dive right in. Before we do, quick disclaimer that anticipated release dates are anticipated release dates pretty much until like the book is out. The way that publishing works is kind of weird. I don't know all the nitty gritties of like when a book is for sure coming out on a date, like when's the go date for sure the go date. I don't know how to identify that. I'm not that deep into the publishing world, but maybe one day I will learn. Like the closer you get to that date, the more sure you can be of it. I don't have any books on this list past August just because it's kind of hard to tell that far into the future with publishing. Books just get moved around and pushed around and sometimes your release date gets pushed back and sometimes it gets pushed forward and there's a lot going on in the publishing world. I'm going to tweet about these books as they come out because I did that a couple years ago and it was awesome to kind of celebrate book birthdays that way and celebrate authors that way, but anticipated release dates aren't set in stone. That's my disclaimer. Shall we dive in? We shall. Okay, so book number one, and these are in no particular order, by the way, because as I was going through the many million books that I wanted to add to this list, wait, it is in a particular order. This is in a particular order by release date or anticipated release date. I lied to you. Thematically, no particular order. They are in date order. It's been a long day. All right, so book number one on this list is called Deep and Darkest Red by Anna Marie McLemore. Is that like McLemore? How do you say that? Mook. Lemore, I think. This book is Own Voices because they are a queer person who wrote it. It's going to be published by Fuel and Friends and the anticipated release is the 14th of January. This book is a young adult book and it is a fantasy slash magical realism. The super short kind of intro blip, the like tagline, if you will, is two girls, five centuries, one deadly fairy tale. From what I can gather from the synopsis, it takes place in two timelines, one of them being the summer of 1518, where a dancing sickness sweeps through Stratusborg and some die. Laviana is accused of witchcraft in, back in 1518, and Rosella Olivia is our current day protagonist, and five centuries later, a pair of red shoes seal to her feet, making her dance uncontrollably. They draw her to a boy called Emil, whose family was blamed for the fever 500 years ago. So it's kind of fairy tale-esque, it's magical realism, and it sounds really interesting. So I'm excited about this book. I'm also excited to support this author. I haven't heard of them before. I think this might be their debut novel. We are nailing this so far. We're on book number two. Okay, book number two is called Upright Women Wanted by Sarah Gailey. It is also Own Voices, going to be published by Tor.com, Tor slash Forge, which is a Macmillan imprint, and it's in anticipated release is the 4th of February of 2020. I could not quite decipher whether this was a young adult book or an adult book, but it is a fantasy. And it's basically, it's set in the future American Southwest where there are bandits and fascists and queer librarian spies on horseback trying to do the right thing, according to the blurb. The main character's name is Esther and they're a stowaway hiding in the librarian's book wagon to escape a marriage that her father has arranged for her. The man he's setting her up with was pre- previously engaged to her best friend who was executed for possession of resistance.
resistance propaganda. So that is crazy. I think this just sounds kind of wild and like something that I haven't really read before. So that's why I was drawn to it. I'm not super crazy about dystopian, but I don't think it's super dystopian. So I'm excited to see where this book goes. It just sounds intriguing. The third book on my list is called Middle School's a Drag, You Better Work by Greg Howard. I think this book is own voices, but I couldn't decipher for sure. It will be published by G.P. Putnam's Sons Books for Young Readers, which is a Penguin imprint. The anticipated release is the 11th of February of 2020. It is a middle grade contemporary novel, and here is the sort of basic tagline. An enterprising boy starts his own junior talent agency and signs a 13-year-old aspiring drag queen as his first client. I mean, come on. It's a middle grade novel about drag queens? How quickly can I get my hands on this book? I am so excited to read this one. This is probably one of the ones I'm most looking forward to for next year. For next year? For this year. Okay, number four is called A Home for Goddesses and Dogs by Leslie Connor. It is published by Catherine Teagan Books, which is a HarperCollins imprint, and the anticipated release is the 25th of February. This is a middle grade contemporary novel as well, and here's kind of the little blip from the site or Goodreads or something. It's a life-altering new year for 13-year-old Lydia when she uproots to a Connecticut farm to live with her aunt following her mother's death. So she moves in with her aunt Brat, apparently um, her aunt Brat's wife, and they have a live-in landlord called Elroy. They adopt a big yellow dog who in the description is quoted as the best bad dog. It seems like one of those they saved the dog but the dog really saved her kind of stories and I'm just interested to read this book where the aunt's queerness is not the central part of the story, but it is a part of the story. And again, it's a middle grade novel, so more of that, please. The fifth book on my list is called Docile by K.M. Spara. I think I'm saying that right. This is an own voices book. It will be published by Tor.com, Tor slash Forge, which is a Macmillan imprint, and the anticipated release is the 3rd of March. There are a lot of books coming out in March, by the way. It is an adult fiction book. It is sci-fi. Sci-fi is not really my genre, but this one was too interesting looking to pass over. The excerpt from the author's website about this book says that this book explores the snowballing debt crisis, consent and privilege, and can be described as, quote, really gay. And then the book blurb goes something like this. There is no consent under capitalism. A young man sells his life to a handsome trillionaire to save his family from debtor's prison and gets caught up in a world of money, power, sex, and deceit. A queer handmaid's tale meets Gossip Girl. So you hooked me with uh, that description right there. And as I was kind of reading a few more descriptions about this book, I was also getting like dollhouse vibes because in dollhouse, I don't know how many of you have seen it. It's a uh, Joss Whedon TV show from a while ago. The dolls are essentially programmable, not robots, but they kind of are that people can like rent out to do their bidding. You fill in the blanks as to what, how many options that kind of gives you. And I think that's sort of the idea of a docile, but they're not robots. They're like actual people, kind of like in Handmaid's Tale, where you can have a docile assigned to you and then they can do things for you, kind of a thing. So anyway, it sounds really interesting. It is an adult fiction book, so just want to flag that, but I'm intrigued. Book number six is called The Animals at Lockwood Manor by Jane Healy. This book is going to be published by Mantle, which is a Pan Macmillan imprint. The anticipated release is the 5th of March, and this is an adult fiction historical fantasy 
mystery book? Here's the book blurb. Set during World War II, so already they've got me, The Animals at Lockwood Manor is a gothic romance centered around Hetty Cartwright, director of an evacuated natural history museum, and Lucy Lockwood, daughter of the major who houses the museum on his estate during the Blitz. I don't know a ton about this book other than something about hauntings and yeah, it just sounds really interesting and you're going to hear that description quite a few times throughout this episode probably, but I I don't know, like something about it and the cover is really beautiful. Something about it just kind of drew me in. We're making good time. I'm almost, I'm on book number seven out of 23 here. Come on, this is going to be great. Book number seven is called Super Adjacent by Crystal Sestari. It's going to be published by Disney Hyperion and the anticipated release is the 17th of March. This book is a young adult book and it is a superhero story. So I think one of our protagonists name is Claire and she has always wanted to work with superheroes. So she lands this internship with the Chicago branch of Warrior Nation and she's super excited. It's really coveted. And then Bridget, who is another protagonist, has been dating Vaporizer, whose actual name is Matt, for years and has been playing second fiddle that whole time. When all the supers suddenly disappear, Claire and Bridget, who are non-supers, have to save the day. I'm excited to read this. I really, really enjoyed Not Your Hero, Not Your Sidekick, Not Your Villain by C.B. Lee last year. And I think the fourth book in that series is supposed to come out at some point this year as well, which I don't know what the title is of that, but I really enjoyed those books. So I'm hoping that this one will be just as great. Book number eight is called Goldie Vance, The Hotel Whodunit by Lilium Rivera. And it is going to be published by Little Brown Books for Young Readers, which is a hatchet book group imprint. Its anticipated release is also the 17th of March. This is a middle grade book, which is inspired by Goldie Vance, the comic book series published by Boom Comics under the same name, which I looked up and I vaguely felt like it was familiar looking, but not 100% familiar looking. And then it's kind of like Nancy Drew-ish. So I got to read this because there's queer elements and it's sort of like Nancy Drew and those are both great things. I just want to know what the young people are going to get to read that's so awesome like this. You know, growing up, like I didn't have queer books like this readily accessible. So gosh, I'm just kind of going to live vicariously reading some of these middle grade books. And plus, I know a lot of people who are teachers and having more books to recommend to them is something that I am looking forward to. Book number nine on my list is called Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby and it is Own Voices. It's going to be published by Vintage, which is a Penguin Random House imprint. And the anticipated release date for this is the 31st of March. I've never read anything by Samantha Irby, but their essays come renowned by the internet. This is a nonfiction book. It is a collection of essays. And here's sort of what the blurb about it says. A new rip-roaring essay collection from the smart, edgy, hilarious, unabashedly raunchy, and best-selling Samantha Irby about aging, marriage, settling down with stepchildren in white small town America, health food and skincare obsessions, money trouble, the real story of glamorous Hollywood life, and more. This is nonfiction. It kind of hits one of my bookish goals right on the nose, as you'll hear about in the next episode 
episode after this one. And yeah, I'm just excited to read more essays. Book number 10 is called Look by Zan Romanoff. I think this is Own Voices again, but I don't know for sure. It's going to be published by Dial Books, and the anticipated release is the 31st of March. This is a YA contemporary novel, and it's sort of about a video blogger, I think, so I had to read it, right? Uh, A video of the protagonist Lulu and another girl goes public. She didn't mean for it to go public, so her boyfriend breaks up with her. And this is kind of the interesting, like, ending part of the blurb that intrigued me. Look is a story about what you present versus who you are, about real intimacy and manufactured intimacy and the blurring of that line. It is a deceptively glamorous, feminist, emotionally complex, utterly compelling, queer coming-of-age novel about falling in love and taking ownership of your own self, your whole self, in the age of social media seems really relevant, really current, and I just felt like I had to add it to my list, honestly. Book number 11 is called Girl, Serpent, Thorn by Melissa Basherdust. It's going to be published by Flatiron Books, which is a Macmillan imprint, and the anticipated release date is the 12th of May. This is a young adult novel, which is kind of in the realm of fantasy slash retellings. It's slotted as a Persian Zoroastrian. Is that how you say that? Mythology. So Saria is quarantined to the gardens because she's cursed with a poisonous touch and it's sort of this whole thing about like that you know like her being this royal person who has this poisonous touch and what does that mean and how does she interact with the world and I don't know I something about it I mean the cover is gorgeous so that's really what sucked me in but I'm intrigued to read this Book number 12 is called Felix Ever After by Kaysen Callender. This is an own voices book and it's going to be published by Bowser and Bray, which is a HarperCollins imprint. The anticipated release for this is the 12th of May. This is going to be a young adult novel. It features a transgender main character and here is sort of the blurb about it. When an anonymous student begins sending him transphobic messages after publicly posting Felix's dead name along alongside images of him before he transitioned, Felix comes up with a plan for revenge, what he didn't count on, his catfish scenario landing him in a quasi love triangle. So this sounds so complicated because it deals with so much. Like that's a lot of layers just in that short blurb. Posting pictures of someone and their dead name without their consent, transitioning, catfishing, kind of internet culture, like all of these things are really heavy. And I'm just so curious to read this book because It's a perspective that I think not a lot of books are going to be able to share and speak to, and that is exciting to me. I'm just so intrigued to see how it's done, you know, and I want to hear more stories like that. I want to know more about people's life experiences. And we're such a diverse group of people who populate this planet that we're all on. And there's just never enough time to hear all the stories. I think that's what makes me the most crazy about being human is that I'm finite and I can't know all the stories, but I want to know all the stories. So I'm really excited to read that one. Book number 13 is called The Henna Wars by Adiba Jagadar. It is own voices by a person of color and it is going to be published by Page Street. The anticipated release is the 12th of May. This is a young adult contemporary novel. Here are some of the themes that I wrote down as I was doing this research. So Nishat is caught between being who she is or losing her family. She finds that that is even more difficult when a childhood friend, Flavia, re-enters her life and 
her crush kind of returns. At school, they're challenged to create their own businesses and they each decide individually to create a business showcasing their unique artistic talent, which happens to be henna. So this sort of fight turns into flirting and it's like this whole frenemies turned lovers thing, I think. I mean, not lovers because they're like young, but you know, in the in the gentle meaning of that word. <laughs> so that's going to be good. I think that's going to be kind of a fun, lighthearted read. Speaking of fun, lighthearted reads, book number 14 on my list is called Date Me Bryson Keller by Kevin Van Wye. It's going to be published by Random House for Young Readers. The anticipated release is the 19th of May. It's a YA contemporary novel. And here's the blurb and all you need to know about why I added this book to my list. What if It's Us meets To All the Boys I've Loved Before in this upbeat and heartfelt boy-meets-boy romance that feels like a modern twist on a 90s rom-com? Sign me up. I think this is going to be a breath of fresh air of just, you know, a fun, flirty summertime read. I'm excited. The cover's also cute. Book number 15 is called I Kissed Alice by Anna Birch. It is Own Voices, and it is going to be published by Macmillan slash imprint. The anticipated release is the 26th of May, and it is a YA contemporary novel. The blurb says that this book is for fans of Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda and Fangirl. I Kissed Alice is a romantic comedy about enemies, lovers, and everything in between. So apparently the main characters, Rhodes and Ileana, escape the pressures of their school lives where they are fierce competitors, IRL, on a fanfic site where they are unknowingly collaborating on a graphic novel, URL. Their screen names are I Kissed Alice and Curious in Cheshire. Those are really adorable screen names. Fanfic, online friendships, online romances. I'm super here for that. Okay, book number 16 is Something to Talk About by Meryl Wilsner. This is an own voices book. It's going to be published by Berkeley and the anticipated release is the 26th of May. This book is an adult contemporary novel and the site blurb on their about page, this is a blurb about the author, says that Meryl writes love stories about women who take so long to kiss you want to fling yourself into the sun. That's my kind of story. <laughs> So I added this to my list, Sight Unseen, and then I read the blurb, which goes something like this. When a famous female Hollywood showrunner and her female assistant laugh on the red carpet, photos of the affectionate moment lead the tabloids to declare they're dating. The ridiculous gossip threatens both their jobs and their credibility, and as the rumors spreads, it begins affecting all areas of their lives. While the two women fight to protect their careers, they slowly begin to realize the rumor might not be so off base after all. The cover art on this is beautiful. It's kind of that 2D flat cartoonish artwork and I think it's really lovely. Book number 17 is called You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. It is own voices about a person of color by a person of color. It's going to be published by Scholastic Press and the anticipated release is the 2nd of June. This is a YA contemporary novel and follows our protagonist Liz, who has plans to get out of her small town of Campbell, Indiana, attend college, play in their famous orchestra, and become a doctor. And that's when finances become an issue. So they come up with a new plan. Win the title of homecoming queen and the scholarship money that goes along with it. The new student, however, called Mac, is also going for homecoming queen. So Liz has to compete without completely falling for her. Again, upbeat, lighthearted, sounds like fun, let's do it. 
Book number 18 is called The New Queer Conscience by Adam Eli and is illustrated by Ashley Lukashvesky, I think. It is Own Voices by a queer author. It is going to be published by Penguin Workshop, which is an imprint of Penguin created specifically for this genre of book. And these are kind of the blurbs about the book. So the book's blurb is something like, in the new queer conscience, LGBTQIA plus activist Adam Eli argues the urgent need for queer responsibility, that queers everywhere are responsible for queers everywhere. And this kind of facet of Penguin is called the Pocket Change Collective. And it says that it was born out of a need for space, space to think, space to connect, space to be yourself. Editor Rachel Saunas said in a statement, this is a series of small books, small enough to fit in your pocket with big ideas for change. In these books, today's leading activists and artists share their stories, spark conversation and capture the narrative of what activism, particularly youth activism, looks like today. So I want to plug into this because it seems like a tool for action to make the world a better place and I'm always all about that. We're in the home stretch. This is book number 19, the home stretch. We can do it. We're almost there. Yeah, there you go. That's my like more than halfway pump us up song. <laughs> book number 19 is called The Falling in Love Montage by Sierra Smith. It's going to be published by Harper Teen and the anticipated release is the 9th of June. This is a YA contemporary novel. This sounds like a cute book with some heartbreak mixed in. The book blurb goes something like this. 17-year-old cynic Sarosi Clark isn't looking for a relationship, but when she meets mischievous Ruby, that rule goes right out the window, sort of, because Ruby has a loophole in mind, a summer of all the best cliche movie montage dates with a definite ending come fall. No broken hearts, no messy breakup. It would be the perfect plan if they weren't forgetting about one thing, the falling in love montage. When it's over, the characters have fallen in love for real. Sounds cute. Sounds lighthearted. I think it'll be cute. Book number 20 is called I'll Be the One by Lila Lee. It is own voices with a main character of color written by a person of color. The cover is so good. Go look up this cover right now. It is so freaking good. This book is going to be published by Catherine Teigen Books, which is a Harper Collins imprint. The anticipated release is the 16th of June. This is a YA contemporary novel. Novel. Here is part of the blurb. Sky Shin has heard it all. Fat girls shouldn't dance, wear bright colors, shouldn't call attention to themselves. But Sky dreams of joining the glittering world of K-pop. And to do that, she's about to break all the rules that society, the media, and even her own mother have set for girls like her. So she enters a search for the next K-pop star and nails the audition. She really wants to be the first plus-sized K-pop star. So... It sounds fun. I mean, I've never read a book about K-pop or someone trying to break into that industry. I'm super excited. Plus, I said that, like I said, the cover is super freaking cute. Don't judge a book by its cover, but I do it all the time and I'm excited about it. I think it's probably the cover I'm most excited about. It's a really good cover. Book number 21 is called Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Bayron. It is own voices because it has a person of color main character. It's written by a person of color who is also queer. It's going to be published by Bloomsbury YA and the anticipated release is the 7th of June. This is a YA 
fantasy Cinderella retelling. Listen to this blurb and tell me you aren't adding it to your list right now as we speak. It's 200 years after Cinderella found her prince, but the fairy tale is over. Teen girls are now required to appear at the annual ball where the men of the kingdom select wives based on a girl's display of finery. If a suitable match is not found, the girl's not chosen are never heard from again. WTF. 16-year-old Sophia would much rather marry Aaron, her childhood best friend, than parade in front of suitors. At the ball, Sophia makes the desperate decision to flee and finds herself hiding in Cinderella's mausoleum. There, she meets Constance, the last known descendant of Cinderella and her stepsisters. Together, they vow to bring down the king once and for all, and in the process, they learn that there's more to Cinderella's story than they ever knew. Like I said, we've all added it to our TBR lists at this point, right? Am I right? Yeah. Okay, here we are, the final two. Book number 22 is called Cattywampus by Ash Van Otterloo. It is an Own Voices book published by Scholastic, and the anticipated release is the 4th of August. This is a middle grade fantasy book, and here is the blurb. Again, made me have to add it to my list. Two young witches, one grappling with the revelation that she is intersex, the other with her father's abandonment, accidentally resurrect a graveyard full of feuding ancestors and must work together to perform a counter curse and to save themselves and the rest of their Appalachian community. Representation at its finest, people. Like, this is just good diversity, you know? This is what I want in my TBR. And the last book on my most anticipated queer reads for 2020 is The Nobleman's Guide to Scandal and Shipwrecks. Are we surprised? This is the third and final Montague Siblings installment by Mackenzie Lee. It's going to be published by Catherine Teagan Books, which is a HarperCollins imprint, and the anticipated release is the 18th of August, which is still a long way away, but I am counting down the days. For those of you who don't know, this is a young adult novel. It is historical and fantasy, and dare I say, a little bit sci-fi-esque. If you have read the other books, you know what I'm talking about. Definitely run, do not walk to go read these books. They are so good. I actually just finished A Gentleman's Guide to Getting Lucky, which is the Percy and Monty novella that kind of, I think, comes between the other two books or that last book and this book or something. Anyway, but this book follows the third Montague sibling, Adrian. He is seeking out Felicity and Monty, the older siblings he never knew he had. Adrian is the sole heir to the family's fortune, but he wants to be free of his father's expectations and the grief of losing his mother. He was diagnosed with hysteria at a young age, which has always been kept a secret until he has a public breakdown at his engagement party and everyone begins questioning whether he is fit to run the Montague estate. My only question is why does everybody else get to meddle in the specifically personal affairs of the Montague family? He's given the opportunity to take a trip to the Caribbean to claim the last of his mother's possessions and that's when he learns of his other siblings. He has the chance to find them and offer to pass the estate back to them, but Monty refuses to return home. There's something about clues in their mother's belongings pointing to a valuable artifact that could save the trio from a curse that threatens their lives. And of course there is. Am I right? I'm excited to read this third and final installment in the Montague Siblings trilogy. I'm excited that we're going to get to hear from Adrian, the little baby Montague. And I have to applaud Mackenzie Lee for always tackling something with her books. You know, 
There's a lot. Her characters have a lot going on. Well, there you have it. Those are my most anticipated LGBTQIA+, aka queer reads for 2020. I'm really excited about all the books on this list. As always, there will be a Goodreads shelf that you can go to and add the books to your own TBR lists if you so desire to. That will be linked in the show notes. I will also link to the other bookshelf, which is like the bookshelf of just queer releases coming out in 2020 and the ones that are all on my TBR, but it'll be two separate lists, one for my most anticipated and then one for kind of all of the other ones. A fun statistic about this list, 15 out of 23 or 65% of them are own voices, which is a great ratio in my opinion because I want to read more diversely and I love the idea of reading books by the person who is writing about the thing that they are, if that makes sense. So that is exciting to me. If you have not heard of Own Voices before, it's a hashtag on Twitter. It's a hashtag on YouTube. It's kind of a hashtag, I guess, on the internet where hashtags exist. And it's a quick way of describing a book or a piece of media, I guess, for that matter, that has a protagonist or a theme that the author is uniquely positioned to write about because they themselves fall into that minority or category or way of identifying themselves as the main character or the theme of the book that they are writing. So it's like the voice is their own, if that makes sense. So it's a great hashtag. Go check it out if you're looking to read more diversely this year. It's a great way to find new books, follow diverse authors, talk about people who we aren't hearing a lot about, and then read diversely throughout age ranges too you know like there are some great middle grade novels out there there are some great YA novels there are great new adult there's great adult books there's great nonfiction. like there's just so many books out there so like I said it was really hard to narrow it down but this is my list thank you so much for listening if you have listened this long and if you'd like to follow along during the times that I am not talking to you in your ears through a podcast you can do that at what you're reading on Instagram you can also visit patreon.com slash sunshine if you would like to support this podcast and its efforts. There are some fun perks over there that I am revamping and going to be better about this year. I super swear for once I'm done with empty promises, but there's some good podcast perks that I've updated and added to my Patreon page there. So definitely go check that out. Thank you again so much for listening and I will be talking to you again real soon. All right. Bye. Bye.